I've talked a lot about the Keltec KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go-to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Keltec KSG? Well, like everything that Keltec invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun, and the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for three-inch shells. And with its dual tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus 1. So that's six rounds in each tube plus one chambered. If you prefer two and three quarter inch shells, even better because the KSG holds seven plus seven plus one. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K E L. TECweapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltecWeapons.com. Dana Lash's Absurd Truth Podcast. I have all I've been a fan of Gina Carano's for a long time since gosh, I mean, I know her from her mixed martial arts days. I've watched so many of her bouts. She was one of the reason I reasons I even got into watching MMA in the first place. I was like, oh my gosh, it's a pretty female fighter. And she's like <laughs> hard as nails. She joins us now via Skype just on everything that she has been up to, including this new film that's out. And I got to say, the sound design's awesome as well. Gina, it's so nice to, to finally be able to talk with you. Welcome and congrats on this new film. This is awesome. Oh my goodness, it's so nice to meet you. <laughs> You're like a sister who I've never met before. <laughs> yes, I know. We've and we I'm always flattered when people are like, You remind you look like Gina Carano. And I'm like, Do I have Same. the awesome biceps to go with it? Like, do I have that too? And I'm not as tough. <laughs> no. But no, uh congrats. I need to look at my biceps. Congrats um, yeah, on this film, though. This is fantastic, and I'm I. You. This is you're you're really good in this role, and I I wanted to ask you what it was like to to film it because you've done you've done action films before. You're no stranger to film. I mean, you've done movies. What was this experience like? It's a western. Yeah, this was. Um, you know, they're all a little bit different, but this one was really different because we had to pivot from making a movie called White Knuckle that we were going to do about. A trucker and um they they kind of pressured us uh we, we wouldn't know if sag after was going to mandate vaccines and mm. which would yeah which would only allow us to then hire vaccinated people i'm not vaccinated so i was like you know um they would just said well would you do it if you had to and i said more than anything i just don't i don't want to put that off on everybody else i want it to be an individual decision so we we went up to Montana. We ended up making um, this Western, which I feel like is even more appropriate and more amazing. It was more artistic. And, the, you know, the character I had to kind of break down. I couldn't, like, act like I know what I was doing with the, the guns. I had to, right. you, know, be, you know, kind of break myself down of all my training of the other movies. So, um, but it was a, I think it's one of my best acting jobs, really. It was a really cool character to play. Very cool character. It's a beautiful film. Talking with Gina Carano, uh, movie star. MMA star. I mean, she, everybody's, and of course, everybody's seen her in the headlines too for, they say it's controversy. And I don't, I don't understand the controversy about it. I was so mad on your behalf. So many people were mad on your behalf because as everybody knows, you were also in The Mandalorian. You were Cara Doom, which was a, mm. an also a great role. And I think that there was a spinoff, as I understand it, that was in the works, which I felt like they were setting your character up for. And then yes, there was. <laughs> yeah, you said one innocuous thing and then it all you were you were targeted by cancel culture. What yeah, well, I've been I had been targeted for uh, well over a year yeah. by um, 
I, I couldn't believe that I was having these conversations with the biggest company in my industry, you know, Disney and Lucasfilm. And I couldn't believe that, like, the things that I was saying were controver controversial. I just felt like we we should be allowed to talk. These people over here are talking yeah. um, and telling you all about who they're voting for. Um, I've only just said that I'm voting and I was getting, you know, crushed um, and trending. And um, I don't know, it was just... I think it was a hard lesson for them as well to learn because I think that they realized that this, you know, the, the online mob is not real life. And mm -hmm. I think we're seeing that in America very, very well right now. I mean, so it, it just sucked to have to go through it. But I know that, um, you know, I got, I know God has a plan through it all. So if there's anybody that could handle that, I could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you definitely, yeah. and you did well and you bounced right back. And I have to say, not only do, do companies realize, are they slowly realizing that, you know, the online mob doesn't actually really exist or have a lot of power in meat space. They also don't subscribe. They also don't watch movies or pay to watch movies the way that actual fans do. And I noticed right. that was a huge difference exactly. because fans rallied around you. Even when people, like you said, it was building up a year prior, fans were like, I don't care what she says. She is <laughs> perfect for this role. She is perfect for this story, for this universe. How dare you? I mean, they're a loyalist to canon and and they were that fans true fans were really unhappy about that and that had to help obviously because i'm not i know that that's not easy to go through on a national national stage yeah well you know um in 2020 i knew that i knew it, it was like i was speaking early on about things that are now being spoken about you know just regularly yeah. and so i was speaking earlier about it and i knew that eventually people would so i always think to myself you have to play the long game and in the long game, the ultimate long game is, you know, getting to your deathbed and, you know, going into, you know, the next life, if you believe, and, um, it, you know, being proud of doing that. Yeah. And so I have to, I, when I look back the last two and a half years, I'm really proud of, you know, also, although I fumble, I don't, I never really wanted to be this person, you know, I never wanted to speak out loud about all these controversial things. I just feel like I'm very proud and I have confidence in myself now that I'd never yeah. never knew existed so it was painful but i'm picking all the good things up i'm picking my life back up and um i can look people in the eyes i can feel free i can give my opinion and um i haven't sacrificed my soul to be in hollywood and that feels really great <laughs> that is and it shows and and people i think are very happy to see that because it's and the thing that still I have to go back to it. It's not controversial. There were people that you have done projects with who have said way more and things yeah. that I would think cross a line of taste or at least good sense where you you didn't do that. Just you just simply giving an opinion is is yeah. somehow considered controversial. That's I think I, t I take it more as like a, you know, I've always kind of in this way which is why I lost my voice for a very long time because mm -hmm. I was afraid to say anything because um so I just stayed really quiet and stayed in my artistic fighter bubble um but when I was looking at what was going on with America in the last two and a half years it broke my heart I think America's heart was broken to you know I think the veil of like corruption just kind of got unleashed and we're all some of us very naive ones who aren't political we weren't we're just looking at our country and looking at what my nieces are going to have to live in after this. And I just felt like, you know, I'm not going to stay quiet. I'm going to put out posts. I'm going to put out memes. I'm going to put out quotes that actually just make people think, just think about, you know, think about what we're talking about here. And it was all of these people putting their idea of what they thought I was saying onto these memes, onto these quotes. 
And um, it was really, really vicious. And I now have that experience. I now have that knowledge that I will take into everything that I do. And it just, it got really real. And I'm okay with that because I'm learning from it. Yeah, we're talking with Gina Carano. And I remember when I first started seeing this kind of bubble up towards you, you know, the year before, you know, the culmination of everything that happened. And then, you know, obviously you starting out with this, this amazing new project, which we're going to talk more about Tara on the Prairie, her new film. But because I've watched you, I've watched you in the octagon, I've watched you fight. And I've seen your dedication and your discipline, and how you approach these matches. And I just remember thinking that she is way too much discipline to be cowed by people who are trying to shame her simply for having a difference of opinion. How did your if it did, your training as a fighter prepare you for, in, in, a mental, in a mental way, dealing with what you were dealing with on a national stage? Because not a lot of people have that level of discipline in anything. Well, I think where it really, really started was with my mom, whose name is Dana as well. <laughs> um, I love that Great name. Great name. Think, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, I think it starts with my mom and my grandmother. Um, and the people that raised me to be an independent thinker, to raise me to say no. And, um, you know, I never compromised myself in anything when it came to fighting. You know, they were trying to put me on Playboy. They were trying to put me, you know, sexualize the fighting as much as they could. And I just kept saying no. Like, (laughs) I just kept saying no. For the last 20 years, I've said no more more than I said yes. And it always seems to kind of work itself out. So um, taking that into training, training definitely gave me, you know, it's body, mind, spirit, in my opinion. So um, which I am now like re-inspired to get back to my body and to get back in the gym and to really start training again, because, um, you know, you can't leave one of them out. You have to keep your mind sharp. You have to keep your spirit clean and you also have to get your body back. So there's one of those that I haven't been paying attention to uh, during quarantine and Mm. that's my body. So I want to get back to that. But um, yeah, so the training, I think, you know, just helped with everything, like everything going into Hollywood. And, um, you know, I just, I really love the way my life has gone. I feel very unique in this life. And um, I think that that's just God, that's a God blessing. Yes. I feel really loved. <laughs> well, I'm glad. You, you, you mentioned about getting back in the gym. So I, I was reading this because I always, I always follow it and I always see what, you know where I'm going. I always see what yeah. you know, my favorite fighters are saying. And I was reading this interview and I know you've kind of mentioned this as well. So you're doing films. You have Terror on the Prairie, which is a fantastic movie. And people, if you haven't seen it, you you can go to dailywire.com slash terror and you can go and check out Terror on the Prairie. Uh, but I also was reading uh, a piece where, you know, you, you're you looking at getting back in the gym and then Ronda Rousey, who has been in WWE, she's saying, ah, I think I'd like to, I'd like to go back and have a fight. She said the only person that she would ever come back for. And it, it, it seemed to be said with a lot of respect was you and you guys from what i understand you both were were set to fight but it never it it, it, i think back into what 2014 but it ultimately never happened would would you go back if that was a if that's something that is it something being planned or would you be interested in i think that'd be probably one of the most watched fights in history i think yes well i actually so about i don't know five or six however long ago we were thinking about fighting and then it kind of got a little bit messy you know um 
yeah, just it, oh, it, my fight business gets messy. I, yeah. I'm sure you can imagine. So um, it got a little bit messy. So I was like, I don't need to go back into that world. I'm acting. I'm good. Um, but when when Ronda Rousey says that, it's a it's a massive compliment that she would come back for me, and it makes me feel like I mean, a super fight. A super fight is when you know two people you know retired or like a, a celebrity or somebody they fight. And it's like the it's super enjoyable. group of fighting, like where you have yeah. like these two stars like and then everything special. comes together. Yeah. Yeah. So when I started thinking about that, the more I talk about it, the more I really need something to train for. Um, yeah, I I think if I can get my weight down and if I I can get back in that fighter shape, if I can, you know, if I can get close to where I was at, um, just close. You know, it doesn't have to be right on. On you know, but I think I I would definitely if I was in it was, if I was in her weight class right now I'd set it up. So I just have to kind of figure out in the next six months, you know, it'll definitely take about three months to get some weight off plus you know, but then to get in fighter shape it'll take probably another three months. So now I'm in in the gym and I'm um and I'm just kind of it's nice to have a focus. Honestly, it's nice to yeah. have that thought in my mind that even if it doesn't happen. You know, I, it gives me something to really shoot for while I'm in between, you know, being canceled, uncanceled and everything <laughs> that I am. I'm like, you know what? It's cool. I'll just like, I'll just focus on my body. I'll focus on getting my body right. I'll focus on getting my life together. I'll focus on my family and creating art. And at the same time, you know, if I get there, then I think it would definitely happen. I mean, I, it honestly doesn't even, it doesn't even scare me it, because it, everything that's happened in my life has just been pretty aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, what? Getting in the ring at this point doesn't sound scary at all. It sounds like exciting. And I used to get so scared about getting in the ring. And now I feel like, oh my gosh, that would be so cool. You know, this 40-year-old woman who's had the life I've had to get back in there. I think it would be, you know, George Foreman did it. Yeah. So many, like, some, yeah. maybe. And and, and yeah. George Foreman, I have to say, was, a, I mean, you're only 40. He's a, was a lot yeah. older. And for people to know, exactly. Gina, Gina got started in Muay Thai. And I mean, this would, I, and I think it was what, I think she was at, uh, I think Rhonda was like at 145, 150, something like that. I know you were like in featherweight. Yeah. Like, yeah. She was in 135. I was more, I was, it was really hard to, for me to like get down there. I was, yeah. I was at 145, but I'm sure she said she'd fight me at anything. So I would try to go for like a, my goal right now would be to get to 150 and see where we're at yeah it's, so, so it sounds that's a, like that's my aim it sounds like it could potentially happen within the next year i'm just saying this because i'm literally going to clear out my entire calendar for whenever <laughs> that is going to fall down oh i i will totally i'll be a hype person for you i'll come in and well, i'll just I carry just need something hype behind you. like i'm gonna start doing some like fun um you know health stuff you know i think just you know, putting it out there online just to kind of be held accountable you know like okay this week we're gonna give up you know this and you know, focus more on this. And, you know, I think that that's the good thing about online is if yeah. anybody wants to join this journey with, with me, you know, they can. That's so awesome. You I can always awesome. text me and be like, get your ass together. <laughs> get your ass in the gym. <laughs> she'll motivate you. You motivate her and she'll motivate you. No, I think it's, I, and I think you look great, by the way, in this film. I've always thought you looked great. You've, and, and you've always, I mean, you've, I think you've modeled yourself incredibly well. Uh, and has, you. has, you've been such an icon, not just for female fighters, but female, I mean, actual legitimate female empowerment you know, period. Yeah. I think you've been so great at that. Uh, Gina's because film- I had, I had good, I had a good mom and a good grandmother to, you know, no matter where I'm at in life, love yourself for where you're at and then never stop dreaming and never stop pushing yourself. So that. if anybody's struggling with that, just accept yourself where you're at and set some beautiful goals for yourself and I'll do it with you. There you go. Gina's new film, Terror on the Prairie. A great, I love Westerns. It's my favorite genre. A great, 
American Western about a very strong and capable frontier woman. She's got to protect herself against these ruthless outlaws. And uh, we'll watch to see if uh, Gina Carano versus Ronda Rousey, we'll watch within the next year. That'd be amazing. (laughs) Gina Carano, God love you. I so appreciate you joining me. We're always in your corner. We're always pulling for you. And uh, we can't wait to see what else you do. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So, this... So, this coming from Maryland... So after New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, now Maryland is is suspending the good and substantial reason for, quote, wear and carry gun permits following the Supreme Court ruling. Governor Larry Hogan had tweeted out, I retweeted it over the weekend, that Maryland's standard must go after the, it says near identical, and it pretty much is identical, New York provision was struck down in that historic Supreme Court ruling a couple of weeks ago. So Marylanders that are interested in carrying a gun outside their home, they no longer have to convince law enforcement, oh, please let us exercise our right. Here's our good reason to do so. So instead of it's not going to be, they don't have to do the good and substantial reason anymore. It's chipping away at the May and going back to the shell issue standard. So these are all really good things. It's very good news. Now, as it relates to Denmark, because you so often hear, which is actually inaccurate, and also if you look at the violent it, it, there's a lot of things i could get get to here but it's headlines three people were shot and killed as a man with a rifle opened fire at a danish shopping mall people fled for their lives as drama unfolded 500 yards from harry styles's copenhagen concert venue police saying that they cannot rule out a terror motive but they're still investigating that was t- that was all taking place as what well. you think but we're always told that that never happens in europe except it does it does Now, a good guy with a gun stopped a bad guy pointing a gun. This was in New York City, Fox 5 New York. Off-duty New York City corrections officer hailed as a hero. A guy who pointed his gun at a crowd. This guy intervened. It was in Queens. Correction officer David Donegan was off-duty at the time. He he was, he. I mean, good guy with a gun. He acted. 23-year-old man decided to FAFO uh, in a crowd around 8 p.m., and that's when... Uh, he was shot by the good guy with a gun. The correction officer's benevolent association said a second man also took out a firearm and pointed it at the crowd. But this guy, he also received a shot. He's recovering from his injuries. Uh, but this guy, he's good guy with a gun, saves saves the day. That's what it. That's what it takes. More than four in ten Americans are struggling with inflation. New York Post said that this study, forty two percent Monmouth University Polling Institute struggling financially it is an 18 percentage point increase in just one year and they said it's the first time in five years since monmouth began asking about participants quote-unquote current financial situation that more than three in ten people said they were struggling just simply to remain where they are just to kind of tread water so to speak and a new report out this is something that the president himself even remarked on a shocking number of 10 year olds are unable to read 70% 70% of 10-year-olds in low- and middle-income in middle income countries cannot read following school lockdowns. The World Bank released this report. It was the, an international financial institution and other entities. They found that most 10-year-olds in nations are unable to understand simple written text. This kind of dovetails with studies released here in the U.S. talking about how students here are struggling with reading and arithmetic. Like basic stuff that we shouldn't have to in 2022 in the United States. Stick with us. we got a lot more in store back after this did you guys see i gotta well i gotta go back to what happened on july 4th i could not believe it 
I actually went to check and make sure that this wasn't from an inauguration thing, and it wasn't. It was from uh, July 4th. So Joe Biden walks out on the, the balcony of the White House like they're treating it like the damn Buckingham Palace balcony. Did you see this? You know how you would have the queen go out and all the other whatever members of her royal family. They go out in the balcony and they wave at the peasants. You have Joe Biden walked out on his balcony and brought Hunter Biden with him. Did you guys see this? They were on his 52 year old baby, Hunter Biden, brought him out on the balcony with his son, his toddler. And one of the headlines said, three generations of Bidens watched the fireworks from the, looked out towards the Washington Monument on the National Mall. And so he walks out on the balcony with his dad. And they stand there and they watch the fireworks like they're the damn royal family in Britain. Is this not something else? Now, this, ca- this comes after it was revealed that not only did Joe Biden know a contradiction of what he told the press, not only did he know about Hunter's business dealings, but he also was, he had voicemails. He was asking him about this stuff. So he knew about all of this. He knew about all of it. And they all walk out there. Could you, I've just like, there's no self-awareness. There is no shame. That just shows you they think they're untouchable and they don't care. He brought them out there and then the rest of the family kind of walked out and then Biden stands there and waves and all this stuff like he's the Queen of England. It's just bizarre. The guy who is, I would be too embarrassed if I were Hunter Biden because of all the videos that show him totally buck naked, snorting coke with hookers in various hotel rooms. Apparently there are more videos than, that, than can be counted. And then he actually... Remember when they got people got so upset about Melania Trump's like 30 years ago, she posed topless and everybody got all mad and upset about that. This was like three years ago or two years ago, really, like literally as his dad was campaigning for president, Hunter Biden, you know, flabby Hunter Biden is out there cavorting with hookers on video snorting coke. And for all the all the Democrats that were worried about Melania Trump. Jeez. Now, they all walk out there. No. No shame at all. That because they think they're untouchable. They think that they're a dynasty. They think they're the Kennedys. There is this obsession that Democrats have with this hereditary stuff. Do you know that? I mean, that's why they all look at their seats. You know, you'll have like the same family trying to run and get the same seats over and over again. It's weird. It is so anti-American. I just thought it was an incredibly ironic statement given that You know, we are celebrating independence from the crown. And here you have these people who believe themselves to be the most like it in the country. I've never I've never seen anybody walk out there like that for the fourth. I could be mistaken or maybe I wasn't born yet. Uh, Do you, Kane? I I don't remember anybody doing this. And then he brings out his coke snorting, you know, guy who was doing business with communist China and was 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 selling out the vice presidential office. And that's the big guy getting his 10 percent. It's just weird. That whole family is weird. They're a weird family. How do you got two kids that are that messed up? I gotta. I mean, gotta ask. How do you? What's going on with that family? It seems like he was very. He had his eye on the prize, which was running for elected office, when the real prize was his kids at home. 
It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. So this is in Florida. I did not know that snails um, could be gross like this. I don't know how else to say it. Here's the headline. Giant snails that can grow as big as rats have put a Florida town into quarantine. They're invasive. They carry a parasite that causes meningitis in humans. That is so nasty. They're called giant African snails. They've been confirmed in the city of Port Ritchie in Florida. They're invasive. They carry the parasite lungworm. And that apparently can lead to meningitis in humans. So residents are prohibited from moving plant, soil, yard waste, debris, compost, and building materials outside the zone. Officials have effectively quarantined for the, the area for like the next two years with regards to what I just said, yard waste and debris and all that stuff. They are invasive shelled gastropods. That's what they said that uh residents just can't move the plants and all that stuff oh my gosh and that's damaging to the environment it it feasts on like 500 different plants it has a taste for concrete what yeah it's detrimental to infrastructure dude this is and they get this they lay about 1200 eggs in a year yeah, they reproduce super fast. Like, can you shoot them? There, You can hold them in your hand. It's so nasty. Why would you even do that? So anyway, in Florida, look out. That's disgusting. Oh, my gosh. I have other stories, but I just can't get over this. Like, how does they, how do you get them in there? Apparently, they're having to look at, like, some of the outside residential areas. So it's like a giant, sm- disgusting termite in a way. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Dana Lash's Absurd Truth Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. I think that we're coming up on the year anniversary of our retreat from Afghanistan and the end of that war, and that sort of seared into a lot of people's minds. I imagine some disturbing scenes, some disturbing footage from media, and in a way that might have made people doubt the preparation of the military or the the high standards that our military should have. I'm Emily Jashinsky of The Federalist. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.